failures of Silicon Valley Bank, the Silvergate Capital and Signature Bank have raised eyebrows about the U.S. financial system, rattling markets and bringing fear into middle America. Economist Harry Dent has been predicting a hard landing if the bubble is indeed going to burst. You might say it feels like a Category 5 hurricane right off the shore that is ready to hit the United States. We'll talk about the steps you can take to protect yourself and your families. And then banking failures are a harbinger of our pending economic crisis, says Wallace Garneau. Are we headed toward central government control of America's banks? Is the question that Patricia Antone poses. A riveting panel discussion on that Category 5 hurricane. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the lies and deceit and bring forth real talk from real people about real news providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour this is viewpoint this sunday okay welcome to the weekend news magazine viewpoint this sunday it is malcolm out loud here my fellow Americans and to all of our friends around the globe, I think things are surely becoming more uncertain uh, and people are concerned uh, and probably should be uh, based on a lot of the signs and things we've been talking about. But there's uh, banking failure and the closures and the calamity and many questions, of course. Is this the start of something bigger? Uh, you know, are they making the right moves? How can we protect ourselves? What can we do? Uh, it, you know, how much of this snowball can we stop is the question. And remember, in previous conversations we've had uh, with one of our guests here today on Viewpoint, uh, we remind you we're in for some tough roads somewhere along the way. The question I ask, is this the start of those tough roads? But how much of this is avoidable and based on stupidity? You know, that's, I guess, a lot of there's a lot to throw at you right there. Now, let's get right into it now with economist Harry Dent who joins me. And um, Harry is an economic forecaster, New York Times bestselling author, um, HarryDent.com. Let's first talk about the specific bank failures uh, right down on the ground level. We're talking about uh, SVB, uh, the Silicon Valley Bank, uh, Signature Bank, uh, and the Silvergate. Uh, Now we see First Republic Bank, they're trying to save. We see what's happened across the pond uh, with Credit Suisse. We see all that developing and uh, specific questions there. But start with these ones we're looking at now, what is causing the specific bank failures right now, please? Okay. Again, this is the tip of the iceberg as usual. This is the longest period in our history, the U.S. and pretty much globally, where we've had not only easy money and low interest rates, but no recession since since 2009. So 14 going on 15 years. We usually don't make it past 10 years. And recessions clear out excesses, okay? So all these banks and, and, and businesses and stuff, the longer things are good, the lower they push interest rates, especially artificially. And this has all been artificial since 2009. Greatest money printing operation history. Things are good for a long time. Businesses will overborrow. They will overstretch. They will they will take uh, less and less quality loans. Okay, that, I mean that's just always going to happen. So this is the beginning. This this 
This is something you see 11 banks just line up the big ones and say, oh, we're going to deal with this right away. Why? They're scared. They're in the same position. They're just stronger and bigger and, and, and their problems are going to come out later. But this is a warning sign. And this is what is over been overdue to happen. And it's happening. And of course, they're going to try to, you know, pave over it first with all, OK, these banks are going to stand up and insert 30 billion or whatever they're going to do. Look, look, there, there's more of this coming. And inflation is the highest it's been. Why? They overreacted to COVID. This is the stupidest thing I've seen in history. A natural virus, which is no blame to the economy or government policy, and they end up printing $5 trillion more than, than, than all the years before that, $5 trillion in fiscal stimulus, the greatest stimulus in history, and you wonder why we suddenly got 9% inflation, and now they have to jerk back and tighten. This is bad policy. They overdid it. Uh, uh, stimulating, especially with a natural crisis um, like this virus. And, and and now they're having to tighten. And I'm telling you that the fundamentals of the economy are not as strong as people think. It's all been stimulus. It's all been fake and artificial. And I think that's why these banks are getting in trouble and you're going to see more hit and they're going to have to keep covering over until it just breaks down. You can't bail out all these banks and these are little banks smaller banks that have failed so far so this is you're going to see more of this yeah yeah so like the first republic bank for instance to your point a moment ago here and that was all to cya you're saying right that's cya right i mean for the banking industry. yeah yeah exactly they they they, they don't want this thing to blow it's starting to blow up and it's right. way overdue i mean with this I mean, interest rates have been at zero, right. basically risk-free for a long time but now. But now they're not zero anymore now. Though. Bad investment. Yeah, they're not zero anymore now, though, for sure. I no, mean, exactly. They, well, they've risen. Why? Because mm-hmm. the government, the Fed, overreacted to COVID and printed mm-hmm. way more money. Printed yeah, yeah. the biggest surge, ten trillion dollars. Malcolm, between yeah. fiscal and, and monetary in two years, yeah, the yeah. biggest stimulus program ever okay. over a stupid, dumb virus that would right. only last a year or two anyway. They have. And these guys are not stupid. These guys and gals, the system, they're not stupid. They have to know what they're doing. So here's the thing. You and I, when we talk, we always talk about election cycles. Interestingly, we're just coming into a presidential cycle right now. This is a big one. This is key. This is not set up to T right now the way the establishment and the administration like it and others in the banking industry and others, as you say. And so what's happening is you just said a couple of interesting things that people should have pulled from your early comments that were, I think, very good. Okay, so typically we're looking at some sort of recession about every 10 or so years, 10, 12 years. Yeah, but we've now- had a recession every 10 years since I was born in the wow. 50s. And, wow. And and, that, and it's good. People see right. economists have this biggest mistake I've seen in history. Right. They say a recession, they're supposed to fight recession. Avoid recessions, prevent recessions. Recessions clear the decks, you know, get rid of bad debts and zombie companies. We have record levels of debt, record levels of zombie companies, which are companies that barely alive, can cannot pay their debt service, can only barely cover their normal cash flow. These are companies that should have failed and should have gotten out of the way. Debts shouldn't have not allowed to go this long with such low interest right. rates. Well, it happened because the governments wanted to stimulate and pushed interest rates artificially low and made money easy. So this was predictable that this would cause a bubble, cause overexpansion, overlending. And what happens after that? The loans start to fail. And, and then the financial assets start to go down. They got bubbled up. Next thing you know, you're in a recession. Oops, actually, Malcolm, a depression. 
because depressions follow financial assets bubbles rather than just normal business over expansions. This is the greatest financial asset bubble in history. First one was 2000. That crashed. People don't remember the NASDAQ went down 78%. This is the second bigger bubble. And this time I'm predicting the S&P is going to crash 86% and the NASDAQ 92%. Maybe it doesn't go that high because they're going to just keep trying to prevent, but they've blown their wad here. Right. I mean, right, they, right. They, they're already too late. Right. They overstimulated. Now they're too late to, right. to tighten. Couple and, questions. And, yeah. When you say depression, now let me ask you. I, I, I just that word it, it that just makes the hair stand up on people's legs. I can tell you that right now because you know, obviously, our country know we they know what's happened in the twenties and thirties and what this country went through. Are you yeah. saying? Are you you're not saying we're at a depression now? Are you? No, you're saying. No, I'm saying this is what happens. In other words, normal business expansions. Right, this right. thing every ten years, like it's right. you know eighties and nineties, right. and right. every time we've had a recession. Okay. That's okay. Business overexpand and they get too much capacity right. and prices start falling and they lose start losing money. And so they have to retrench. Okay. That is a normal right. decade recession, you know, right. like the early 80s, early 90s, early 2000s. Yep. Okay. Yep. And we had recessions, yep. all of that. This is different. This is like the roaring 20s and oh, the Great shit. Depression crash because what we saw here is a financial asset bubble. Okay. Government yeah. strong stimulated so strongly in response to COVID for two years, that they created a second, even bigger bubble in the first one that burst in 2000, 2002, okay? Mm -hmm. so, so when you get a financial asset bubble bursting, that is more than just businesses cutting right. back and laying off some workers and not spending as much on, on new capacity. Right. You, you're seeing financial assets fall yeah. massively taking money out of consumers net worth and businesses net worth in addition to overexpansion. So that's yeah. why when these things happen only once in a lifetime, like mm -hmm. the 20s going in the 30s, you right. get a depression. A depression is a sign that not just business is overexpanded, but a major financial asset bubble is bursting. We've only seen two in the last century, the roaring 20s financial asset bubble and then the 90s financial asset bubble, which burst. And both of those and, and, and we didn't let the, the, that last bubble deleverage all the way. And that's why we're having to deal with a bigger one now. So and that one in the 90s didn't become a full blown out depression like the one in the 20s and 30. That didn't. Well, right, yeah, right. exactly. Okay, exactly. Right. And, 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 okay. and when it when it started right. to in 2008 right. and, and I was predicting Malcolm way back in my books, yeah. the baby boom would peak. There'd be a, a seminal event. 2007 mm -hmm. would be the peak of the long spending curve of the baby boom, the long yeah. boom of the baby boom generation. And that would cause a deeper downturn and that would usher in, usher right. in a depression-like economy. Okay. That's what they've responded to and they've over-responded. Now they're having to tighten. Okay, so this will not work out well. Last time we talked, uh, about a month or so ago, uh, we, I believe we said that there's no chance that I think I asked you like over the next two year cycle, new in the presidential elections coming up, and we know how important that is to the nation, uh, that there was no way that we were going to avoid that as a country over the next two years. This is before all the bank stuff right now happened. This was well over a month right. ago when we talked. I believe that's what we said. And just to go back on that point right now, and based on what you just laid out, Harry, uh, you're, what we're saying is this, and what they're doing is they continue to try to do these, as you say, blow their wad, magic tricks, uh, devious things, yeah. because they don't want it on. And it does. And let's face it, Larry, Harry, let's be uh, straight with each other. You're always straight. So here's the thing. 
and, and it doesn't matter whether it's a Democrat or Republican administration. They're both going to do the same BS, are they not? Yeah. yeah right. I mean, come on. Yeah, they don't want it yeah. to crash on yeah. their watch. Better believe now, it. Now, and, and because they put this off, I've also been saying for a number of years now, yeah. Biden is toast. Biden is not going to get reelected. Right. This is likely now. It looks like it started now and they're going to try to fin it off again. But the, but the later that again, they so overdid it. They didn't have to do this with COVID. They could have let the economy slow. Well, it's not even COVID. Hold on, Harry. It's not even just COVID. They just spent the trillions just days ago here. I mean, and we're not even in COVID land. And what I'm saying is these people just spend to spend, Harry. It does. You don't even need a virus to, for an excuse to spend for these people. They're sick. Well, and they use COVID as an excuse, but I'm telling you, there has been no time in history. It was if you count the fiscal and monetary stimulus of the U.S. only, it was like 50 percent of our GDP in two years. Malcolm, that has never happened. They didn't even they didn't print money, even fraction of that in the Great Depression or other recessions. That was the mistake. And to me, it was a bigger mistake because, hey, nobody's going to blame the Fed or the U.S. government, or governments around the world when the economy's slowing right. because everybody got sick by a virus that right, nobody right, caught. Right, right, right. So, and they so took advantage of it. They have yeah. to do this. Yeah. But I think the reason, I, Malcolm, here is my theory of why they did overreact. Okay. They've been having to stimulate this economy since early 2008 recession and early 2009 recession. Mm-hmm. That was the strongest downturn since the early 30s and similar to 1882. Mm-hmm. So, so they felt like, oh, my God, we have to print money. This is looking like a depression, which I predicted it would look like before it happened. Yeah. And, but the difference is they thought, oh, we'll just print a trillion dollars in 2009 and, then, mm-hmm. and we'll be back to normal. No, the, the demographics have been down since 2008 and they don't turn up until 2025, 24, 25. So, so they, so what happened is the only way for them to keep this going was to keep raising the stakes and stimulate more and more and more, keep doubling down. And of course, right. that's a game you can never win in poker right. or anything. You right. keep doubling down, one day you lose and you're at zero. That's a good that's example. That's what doubling down yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a poker game is a very good example. Yeah, we can relate to that. Uh, we'll double uh, we'll double the chips on that. Yeah, really, huh? Um all right, so Harry, if uh, if this is all uh, what you're saying here with the with the uh, the numbers in the depression, uh, we have to believe they know what they know. There's, we're not talking magic here. This is again systematic. What you just said every ten years, you do a lot of things that are so unconventional as they've been. And yet they keep their ideas to keep throwing money at it. They just took more money from the taxpayers just now. They're financing this Ukraine-Russia deal. Uh, The the military-industrial complex is fat and happy. We're into that typical cycle again. So is it really – I'm asking you something here now. Is it just to – are these people – a serious question. Are they that demented that they think they can starve off by – by bankrupting us further. I mean, think about this a moment here. Do they really think that? Or is there something bigger at play? And i tell you why I asked that. And we'll talk about that in a moment. I have a lot of people on the network here and a lot of people I speak to who believe this is their uh, uh, their appetizer, if you will, to crash things in such a way to bring in digital currency is a big plan that they are looking to do. Is there truth to that, Harry, or or not? 
I, I don't see the digital currency thing. I mean, everything's going digital, okay? And 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 um, basically, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are ultimately the digitization of all financial assets and money. A guy gave that definition at my own um, conference several years ago, and that's when I said, "Oh, this is what crypto is." Okay, mm-hmm. you know, the internet basically um, digitized and made communication and research and all this. I mean, I used to have three researchers and now I have a half, my my partner and I split a researcher. I went from three researchers just for me down to a half a one because, because, uh, you know, the internet made it so easy to find information and research stuff and bring stuff up. So, so that was the digitization of information and learning and all that stuff. This is the digitization of all financial assets. And the biggest number I have, Malcolm, in the world, I've been touting now for mm-hmm. several years, mm-hmm. $600 trillion is the number that's the value of all financial assets and wow. money in the world. It's wow. six times the GDP at $100 trillion. It's the biggest thing in the world. And that this crypto is going to digitize that. So, so that's, that's going to disrupt a lot of things, but it's also going to cause a whole nother technological boom, especially as more people in the world, the third world coming up, have enough income to actually build some wealth. I mean, 100 years ago, the average person had a decent income but did not have any wealth now in america everyday people are worth you know a couple hundred thousand a million or whatever well that's going to happen in the third world now too so this is a big deal what's happening but it's also every major new technology revolution like this starts with a baby bubble in the early stages where people see the potential down the road and and just act like it's going to happen tomorrow morning which it doesn't that baby bubble crashes. That's what we're in now. Okay. And then you see the real boom. So I have the best thing I've had in my newsletter, Malcolm, in recent years. I compare the crypto boom and Bitcoin as, as the banner of it with Amazon and the dot-com boom 22 years before in the late 90s, early 2000s. So mm-hmm. the same thing's happening. People don't really. Amazon went from $6 to 136 in that late 90s bubble when tech bubbled, but that was the lead bubble, mm-hmm. and then crashed back to 6, 95%, and then became the biggest retailer in the world with the stock trading at 3,500 to 4,000, okay? Nobody would have predicted that bigger crash or that bigger boom. This is the same thing with financial assets. So this is a big deal, but we are, we have seen the baby bubble peak. We are in that burst. It's going to go at least another year, probably to mid to late 2024. And and it's going to go. You're talking about the down cycle, you mean? Yeah, the down cycle. I think we're going to see Bitcoin as low as 3250. Okay. I think we're going to see the S&P down 86% as much as that. Okay. The NASDAQ right. down 92%, bigger than we saw in 2000, 2002 or right. 2008 to nine, where the, where the S&P was down 57%. Mm-hmm. So, so we're, this is going to have to wash out, but it's going to clear the decks for the millennials to have their boom into 2037. I've been predicting that for a decades too that's just the demographics 47 year lag for peak spending yeah and yeah. these technologies to move mainstream we're, we're we're in the baby stage of the whole digitization of financial assets the whole cryptocurrency bubble and it's not about currencies okay. it's about the digitization of money and and i think in the end what bitcoin is going to simply be the gold standard for 
the digital, a global digital system, because gold was the standard in a material world, but now in a digital information world, we need a whole different type of standard. It's going to be the same as gold, but it's going to, but Bitcoin has to be a half a million, a million okay. before it All gets right. into that value of gold realm. All right. So, so be such a standard. So politically speaking, then, uh, as we approach the last go around in this for the 2024 election here, the, the presidential election, I mean, there's no question we're going to be at our worst and serious moment. I mean, this is going to leave a, uh, a a landscape to bring in a whole new thinking. I, I'm, I'm going to I'm asking you yeah. this question. and I'm, I'm just thinking this out loud with you right now. This is going to bring in a whole new landscape. I mean, you're going to have a complete change of the guard. I mean, everywhere, even the cockroaches will change out in D.C. after this explosion. If this is accurate, what we're saying right now, we're going to have to really tighten belts, going to go through a real tough time in the next yeah, few yeah. years. And but as we come out of this, as we get toward that presidential election, it's a yeah, no ground. way. No way Biden gets elect reelected if, if I'm half right. OK, same thing for Bush senior. He had a recession in the yeah. 90, in, in late second part of his term, second half of his term. And he did not get right, but, reelected. But, but hold on. He but, was but, one of my favorite presidents, but, by the way. Yeah. So, but, but, but not even Biden. Not, not We're talking probably any Democrat at that point. Come on. I mean, after what they at the whole. Spending oh, that, that's right. Yeah, that, no, that's right. It. That the party in power is going to lose because they get blamed and, and they're not going to be the real cause. This thing has simply been pushed back. Like you said, everybody's doing this. I, I'm, well, I call on. myself a social liberal, a fiscal conservative. Right. So I'm a Republican right. when it comes right. to the right. financial side. Yeah, but, but you know, on. the Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that. I, we, I don't disagree with you. But listen, I, I'm going to disagree with what you said a moment ago. Let me just replay that tape a moment in my mind because. No, I I do think it's their fault, the administration right now. When you said, no, uh, it's a hold on now. Hold on. Let me get this out. Yeah, I get the product and the buildup of the system and how bad it is. But but Harry had all this spending of the trillions of dollars. I mean, we're talking probably around 10 trillion dollars between. All right. These but, last- but every but the Fed huh. created the biggest stimulus in this last phase. Sure. That wasn't Biden. And every administration is we have run nothing but deficits. You're supposed to run. Balance to, to mild surpluses in good time so you can run deficits. But if he didn't spend all this money government. like Everybody this right run now, deficits. Harry, Everybody if he, all right, but if he didn't spend like this in the past two years, uh, well, I mean, that was the overreaction to COVID I'm talking right. about. That was insanity. You don't need to do that. It's a virus. It's going to pass on its own. They, well, you know what, though? They know how. Only the Fed knows how weak the economy is because they know they have to keep. But they thought they would print a trillion dollars in 2009 and be done. Right. And they've been printing ever since. So that tells them how but, weak the economy oh, is. All right. But isn't this a bigger picture of something bigger? Hold on a moment. here. You don't get bigger uh, than that. I'm, but no, no, no. Uh, I'm talking. Hold on a minute here. Uh, uh, back to f- fiscally conservative and socially liberal. OK, we get that. That's where a lot of folks are. Get that. Doesn't matter how much deficits they run and over, which is stimulative. We keep falling into recessions and slowing down. It's because the economy is way over well, in debt. Right. And fundamentally weak demographically. Right, right. And that's and they do. But, they don't. They understand a lot of things. They don't understand that, Malcolm. They don't understand well, 
why the economy has been so all weak right. since 2007. It's all demographic. All right, they right. do not understand. Well, and what you've said is, you know, every 10 years or so, 10, 12 years, we have a soft landing. It's called a recession. It's like taking a bath, if you will, Harry. Okay. Yeah, right. It's I, I necessary. Get it. Yeah. Clean the dirt off. I get, I get it. Every 10, 12 years, so you do this bad thing and it's a softer landing. You, we all don't go crazy. But this time they played the cards way out, and now you're set up for something. So it's going to be a hard landing. Yes. Right, right, I mean, again, right. again, and and if you look mm. at history, right. the difference between recessions, even mm. deep recessions, and depressions like 1837 to 42 and 1929 mm -hmm. to 32, yeah. Yeah. and is is that financial asset bubbles are deflating. Mm. It's not just an overexpansion in business. And okay. Spending. All right. All right. With all of these things that are going on, I, I, I got to get, I want to help people out with a couple of things in a moment, but I gotta just ask you this quickly first with all these things that you're laying out right now and the way we've talked about it. it I mean, is this set up a serious question now? Is this set up for more government central control when you look at all, I mean, listen, listen, Harry, with all the things that are playing out, it's not just one or two blunders these days. It's everything that's gone wrong that's playing to the woke crowd, all of these banks, the way they're pushing the diversity and equity pro and the, all the mismanagement that they, but I'm talking about the larger folks, the establishment, as reckless as they've been. And then people are nervous about this digital currency. But let me just say this, Harry, they believe that that's going to give government more control over people's lives. I'm asking you now, no. is it, there it, something the bigger opposite. going on in your opinion here? Global digital currencies are going to take power away from governments. That, that's the whole thing. And people investing in crypto mm -hmm. see that right. as their mission. Yeah. Yeah, that a digital it. currency globally means yeah. that yeah. any go governments don't get to just press that's money true. if they want to. They will immediately yeah. be yeah. penalized yeah. In, a, in a global standard. It like this yeah yeah okay. no, your, your point is well taken there yeah no that, and thank you for reminding everybody because that's important this credit Swiss thing what's happening out there this isn't going to be isolated to the united states either we're okay. talking no, about no. Let, let me back up let me make one very very clear point this is my strong hope and what should happen and i okay. am gonna have to say should here no okay. i'm just gonna fight this Go, okay, we had this downturn in 2008, early 2009. What did they do? They printed their way out of it. And again, everybody thought, oh, a trillion dollars, well, that would be enough to get us back to normal. No, they had to keep printing, keep printing, keep printing, keep printing. We've been running on nothing but printed money for 14 freaking years now, okay? Hmm. That has never happened. That is irresponsible. That's ignoring the needs of the economy and okay. saying, I'm sorry, we don't want to have a recession, you know, this administration or this Fed or whatever. And we don't want to face the real facts and cut debts and do all the things businesses do when they overexpand. Okay. So we just keep printing money. The most okay. superficial, easy way out policy. I think when this thing falls apart after they printed $10 trillion of stimulus in two years and it falls apart anyway, people are going to say, oh, gee whiz, that didn't work in game. Governments did not manage it properly. They said they were going to do the, they were doing the right thing. Okay. Economists said they were doing the right thing and they weren't doing the right thing. They were taking the easy way out. All the right. way you get through a crisis is you focus and you cut debts just like any business. I, right, you know right, how many businesses right, I've turned around? Right, Eight. Right. 
small yeah, businesses. But, but Harry, we're t- no, you're no, you're right. But we're talking That's government. That's what you do, Harry. Yeah, I know. Refocus but, on what's profitable, and but, you have to cut debt yes, and expenses. Yes, and we're just printing money yes. so we can keep gliding <laughs> along and stay high. We're basically high. I love you, man. Plan. I love you because we're, we're a bunch ta- of drunks. <laughs> we're a bunch of drunks and crack addicts. We're talking government here. They don't know get out of their hell out of their own way, Harry. I mean, come on, they don't run like a business. That's the problem. Government well, doesn't well, that, run like hey, a business. Hey, Malcolm. That yeah. is what they've done. They've just yeah, done it yeah. more than in history. Yeah. They always That's do. Right. Look, That's if right. you're getting reelected every two or four years or six right. years, you're gonna do, you're gonna favor the short right. term yeah. so you can get That's reelected. Right. That's right. That's right. Oh, I say it all the time. I tell listeners that point. All right, now I, I need to take these next few minutes that we've got. Listen to me carefully here. I want to help people out. I want to stop a moment. Let's let's leave all that over there now, Harry. There are three types of people I'm thinking about right now. Listen to me, please, carefully. Let's speak to these three types of people very carefully. I hear a lot of people saying to me buy gold and silver that's in my ear every day they're telling me gold and silver gold and silver gold and silver they're telling me certain mutual funds to you know whatever okay let's put all that there a moment here's what i want to ask you there are three types of people i'm looking at okay there are those people who live paycheck to paycheck basically this is a large part of the population they're not starving but they count on these dollars to play them they may have a few thousand in the bank but not a lot and these, this is this is normal for a lot of people, Harry. That's one group of people, and that's a lot of people, a lot of listeners fall, and they're hardworking people, but they just can't yeah. get ahead of the system. Okay, that's those people. You got the middle people who probably have. Now, listen to me a minute. They have. They're not rich. I, it depends what you qualify rich, but they have a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, no more. Rough in the low, one, two, or three hundred thousand in their banks. Uh, they're in cash. That's what they got. That's it. And they're playing and they're paying their bills and they're timely. You got those people right there. Okay. Middle, mid, mid folks right there. Then you've got the ultimately the wealthy who've got millions and millions of dollars or in some cases billions. How does this impact all three of those groups? <laughs> carefully now, carefully. How does this impact them and what should we be doing, please? Okay. I'll tell you what affects the most. The last group. Would you rather lose your job for six to 12 months or lose? half or more of your net worth that you built up for the last 20, right. 30, 40 years. Okay. Right, right. So this particular downturn, like the Great Depression, the rich were getting rich, all the richer, all the way into 1929. And that crash after that into the 1950s, the everyday person had gains more in, in, in the rich lost more their share of the economy. Okay. okay. So all financial right. asset bubbles particularly makes the rich do well because they agree. own all the financial assets, right, 88%. Of financial assets is owned by the top twenty percent right. and forty percent by the top one percent. So the wealthy, wealthy people are going to take a big bath here. They're yes? going to take the biggest hit, which okay. which will bring all this. Everybody's talking about how do we deal with income inequality? Just let the damn economy <laughs> take a break. That's my answer. <laughs> I this love it. it. Oh, overnight. that's great. That's great. It'll income inequality. Hold on, we so, just so solved the, it I'm right here. People I'm the Pied Piper oh, to save man. rich people here because the rich people mm-hmm. are going to lose most right. of their net worth and never see it get right. back to that level. All right, let's come to the other two. All right, all right, got it. Put that over there. So, let's so come the, to other, the other okay, two groups, please. Everybody, does, everybody does the same thing. Think you're a small business, okay? You have to, you have to keep your damn job if you got a job. It's not yeah. time to be switching and taking yeah. risks. Yeah, you got to cut your expenses. You yeah. got to get in safe assets. The safest assets are the U.S. long-term Treasury bonds, ten and thirty year, and the thirty years the best that you look at the 2008-9 crash that was our baby depression crash until they blew us out of it well guess what did well gold and silver 
fell in 2008, although gold held up the longest, but it still fell 45 percent. And Treasury bonds went up. 50%. 50%. It was the only so, thing. So what a 30, what, what the treasury, which, what's, what's the number? Again the longest tre- treasury bonds are 10 and 30 year. Okay. There All are right. ET. I'll give you three ETFs. Okay. PMF is, is, is triple long the 10, the, uh, the 10 year treasury. Okay. Mm-hmm. CLT is that. Okay. And, and ZROZ is mm-hmm. 25 year averages i'm sorry instead of 30 year average so the tlt is a mix of 10 and 30 okay. more conservative zeros is is more towards the 30 and, uh, and right. the T, tmf is, is 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 the most leverage so if you're in these high quality long-term bonds not right. short term right. that's that's what actually is the safe haven gold is doing exactly what it did in the 2008 crisis it's holding up and edging up in the early stages but in the end Gold went down crying for mommy like everybody else, even though it went down less. And than silver, stock. what about silver? Same? Silver, silver is the worst. Silver is the mo- one of the more volatile commodities. Silver goes down more than gold. All right. So, so silver so- and gold are not your 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 safe havens here. I'm sorry. So, all right, well, well hold on. So everybody and I've got a lot of uh, in a lot of intellects, a lot of money people are telling me gold silver, gold silver. You're saying that is not the way to go. Period. Not, not, not. And I got Peter Ship right down the road from me in, in Puerto Rico, and we argue all the time. And I'm telling you, he's just going to be wrong about that. But okay. it's not the worst place to be because gold holds up the longest before it crashes. What's the worst place to be? It doesn't crash as much as stock. The What's worst the- place to be is in high-flying stocks like the NASDAQ okay. and Texas. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. They bubble gotcha. the most and they crash the most. And the crypto, what's going down the most? Bitcoin. Coin is going to be down 95% by my projections for it. So it went to 69. I think it's going to end up at 3250 okay. to 4100. Okay. Right, right, That's right. going to be a 95, 96% crash. Okay. More than more than the SP, more than the NASDAQ. So crypto gets hit the worst. It's the lead bubble, All then right. stocks. Stocks always bubble more. And then real right. estate. Okay. And oh, then, what about what about then, real estate? What about real estate? Real estate was down 34% in the U.S. on average. That means high end more, low end less. Okay, 34%. That was more than the Great right. Depression, bro. Only but, because but if somebody real needs to buy, back then. if somebody so needs to time, buy, a- I am projecting. Let me make my projection. 50%. Now, if you think 2008 to nine hurt your real estate, try 50%. That is going to hit the banks and particularly. Wealthy people. So, who so owns that's, most of the real estate? Wealthy people. So that's the time to buy then, right then. That you, yes, real estate would be the type of thing you buy coming out of this. And in real estate, stocks will crash faster and deeper, but also recover faster. Real all estate right. last time didn't recover to okay. 2012. Last, all right. Last big point. When people say cash is king, in all of this happening, and if you've got cash, is and you're you're not a high flyer, the million is cash still king? Yeah. Okay. So cash is the safest bet, especially if you're listening to Peter Schiff and me, and we both say there's the biggest crisis of your life coming, but he thinks it's going to be an inflationary blowout, and I think it's going to be deflation. Cash does well. Well, cash does best in deflation. But but what what these bonds I'm talking about are. Bond, think of bonds as leveraged cash. They're as safe as cash. Okay, got it. Got it. They, they're, they're not going to default. On the, if they can print money to do all right. this crazy stuff, they can print money right. to pay off. I understand. There's so, no way they're going to default right. on those treasury bonds. No way. So, so the safest bonds, they're leveraged right. cash. 
I show a, will hold uh, its value. These will go up right. 40 to 60 percent. Wow. Wow. 40, so 60. That's a hell of a ride. That's a hell of a return. That's a hell of a return. That's what they did in 2008. So I'm not talking theory. Exactly what happened in 2008. So, Everything crashed in the end, right. including gold and silver. And it was the Treasury bonds that rode into the all sunset. Right. So question for you. If you if somebody's got 50,000, I'm talking families here, 50,000 cash, 100,000 cash, 200,000 cash. What would you do? Just last point. Would you keep half in cash and half in treasury bonds? Yes or no? I I would have 20% in cash, 80% in treasury, long-term treasuries, 30 year if possible. 20% cash and- 20 uh, cash for the flexibility, bonds for the appreciation. Wow. 80%. Okay. That's helpful, man. And uh, 80% in the bonds, the long-term bonds. Okay. And you can still do that no matter if you're- uh, 40, 50, 60, or 70, or when you talk 10, 30, what's yeah. the, what, yeah. what's, I mean, I mean, older people, it's more important to preserve your net worth because you built it up more. Right, right, the right. older people are going to lose more than younger. Younger people are earning money. They're not saving and investing a lot yet. Harry, uh, this has been, this has been enlightening. Thank you for jumping on here with us and, uh, we'll, we'll uh, stay close in touch here and, um, just, uh, cross our fingers and, uh, Pray, pray to God we get to, uh, I don't well, know. Something something interesting should happen in the next few months. That's for damn sure. Okay. Well, that was about as fiery of a talk as uh, you could possibly have. And there was a lot there to chew on. But uh, and, and it's not that we have to agree or disagree with every piece or part or whatever. And, and I know there are some who would find fault. And, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, but it's good to have this valuable information. And then you you put it in your own life how you need to, friends. And that's really, to me, the key. All right, we're going to uh, take a pause here. Let me remind you, uh, we are seven years old at America Out Loud, if you can believe that, because I can't. Uh, But we are seven years old as we come into April. We actually launched the network April 1st, 2016. I swear to you. And it was no joke, friends, but it was April Fool's Day, in fact. Uh, And it was a mission. It was a mission. Didn't know where the mission was going. But I knew it was a mission from God Almighty. And here we are. I, I can't explain it any other way. Um, America Out Loud has become a magnet of really fantastic people, uh, uh, love our family of experts. We're going to have two of them coming up just next year uh, in this next segment. You're, you're in for a treat. And we'll get more into this financial crisis and some other things on the censoring part that I think are very, very important. I want to talk to you about some more tips. So we'll do all that. Listen, let me remind you as well of our sponsors. We have some fabulous, fabulous products that you, I encourage you to look at. Um, we have a, uh, our sponsored partnerships back at americaoutloud.com. You can click those banner ads. They are absolutely the best. Um, we, we've uh, uh, really um, uh, partnered with each of these and have vetted them very, very well. These products is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Healthy Cell is amazing. They've been with us for five and a half years. Amazing product line. You hear us talk about it all the time on the network. You get 25% off that first order. Uh, the code is always out loud, by the way, when you go to the uh, – uh, the the ads the uh, sponsored messages there on the website that you'll get that a Genesis H O C L with the H O C L amazing keep you safe from all these uh, crazy things going on pathogens and R S V and flus and God knows what else uh, it's an amazing product uh, and you get fifteen percent off uh, the atomizer or the fogger I, I highly recommend it uh, many of the medical doctors on the platform have it I have it uh, people love it love it we hear great things back about this product uh, get the fifteen. 15% off, use the code out loud. Uh, so you've got that as well. 
And um, you've got some new new things coming up in the next few weeks as well. We're going to be joining our family here. But let me get those to you right now so you, you know about those. And uh, stay right there, friends. We'll join you just on the other side here on a panel discussion. It's going to be quite fascinating here. As Viewpoint This Sunday continues. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. Uh, listen, this has been a pretty hot program thus far, and I think we'll continue right now. Uh, we're speaking, there are a lot of things economy, because that's really, to me, that's one of the biggest uh, hot buttons right now, friends. I think you might agree with me. I'm worried about our friends and our families and other our patriots and our fellow citizens. I'm worried about people that are not in a position to protect themselves through the the down cycle and the calamity that is uh, this, um, well, I guess I'll call it this, a Category 5 hurricane that is off the shore here. That's the way I think I would describe this to you. Let's bring on here to the program uh, two awesome people here. Wallace Garneau joins me, a political analyst, commentator, great, great mind, and really an economic guy as well, looks at a lot of this stuff. In fact, his book, The Way Forward, Lean Leadership and Systems Thinking for Large and Small Businesses, makes perfect sense at a time like this, right? That book is on Amazon, and it's in the America Out Loud bookstore as well, as all of our books are. We've got a lot of books there in the bookstores. It's off the nav bar at americaoutloud.com. Join us as well is Patricia Antone, and uh, she is an author, an activist, uh, constitutional conservative. Right now, we have the failures of the Silvergate Capital Corporation, the Silicon Valley Bank, uh, the uh, SVB, known with the Signature Bank. There's some people not, obviously, the mainstream media is not reporting this news and this information, uh, who they donated to, the donors, uh, what they did at the bank level. Give everybody listeners a, a moment to understand 
why these banks are all failing collectively and what's behind all that uh, diversity equity programming and who they're lending to and all, please. Well, in a nutshell, the banks are failing because they're investing in companies or they're they're taking deposits from companies that are uh, failing. And the companies that they're backing are failing uh, because they're not really interested in being businesses. They're interested in, you know, all these woke causes, saving the planet, hiring people based upon everything under the sun, except their competence, except what they know and what they can do. So when, when, when you have a portfolio of companies, none of which care about making money, none of which care about their core business functions, and none of which hire people that, that, that are even competent, they hire people that believe in the whole ESG thing. So when you're hiring companies whose only real focus is on environmentalism, social and, and, and governance scores, of course, the bank's going to fail because that's all of all of the companies in the bank are eventually going to fail. This ESG thing, we are creating the mother load of bubbles. It can't survive. Right, right. Well, and 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 we got to a point because we've been creating, as as Harry Dent said up top of the program, the economists, we've created this massive bubble, and it's about ready. And this, all this uh, borrowing and printing up money, rather, uh, through COVID and after COVID, with all these programs of stimulation and all are, are really going to put the, uh, uh, the the kink in the armor here at this point and put us, well, that's what's going to pull the five, the category five hurricane on shore. Uh, Patricia, these, um, so they're running these banks, uh, Wallace, what you're saying, and not as businesses, um, but I guess what I would say, Patricia, I don't know if this is the right way to say it or not, but more or less as uh, political operations, I guess, based on what you just described, Wallace, I'd kind of call them political, uh, well, PACs almost, a political act- action uh, committee. What do you call it, right? Uh, is that what we're looking at here or what? I, I think it is what we're looking at. If the boards of a, a individual banks wanted to self-destruct this way, then, then what we'd look at is basically an exercise in, in economic Darwinism, you know, we'd, we'd, because this ideology is self-destructive. At its core, it's a self-destructive thing. It is choose profit in, uh, in, in, instead of uh, doing all these other things. So it, it would collapse. But the problem is once it becomes systemic and once the government decides to to subsidize a company that would otherwise fail under the enormous weight of its own ideology, if if the government subsidizes it, then that guarantees that this problem, this ideological parasite is going to become systemic. This analogy I make of a category five hurricane off the shore, like where the back of your the hair on the back of your neck would stand up, you know, you know, it's right there. Is that is that an analogy you would compare the point of where we're at right now and what will happen over the next two years? Yes or no? I I, I can't tell you. I, I I'm trying not to panic. I was mm-hmm. I was trying to look at this as a um, a fair a fairly isolated. Mm-hmm. The, these two banks were ideological in their zeal, and they were almost um, boutique mm-hmm. banks in that they were sector specific. They were both heavily involved in the tech center. So in those two ways, they might have been somewhat uh, isolated, isolated, and their failing yeah. might yeah. be isolated. But yeah. but the action of the federal government mm-hmm. is in fact setting up this fake program mm-hmm. to uh, transcend what would otherwise be the the limit of FDIC coverage. Mm-hmm. Right. That, um, that in other words, they went above the two hundred fifty thousand. You're saying? Well, uh, yeah, they're going way above it. And well, and there's two factors here. Right. Neither of these two banks mm-hmm. serve or are, are in the categories that that um, had been designated as like too big to fail. And as bad right, as that right, thinking right. is, those categories 
did serve to mean something in terms of guardrails, in terms of when the government is going to actually bail out a bank. Right, because right. yeah, but but, but so Trish, isn't this just the point? Bank. Isn't this just the point that they're they're bailing out because of uh, uh, well, I, I, is it political? Are they donors? Are they connected to the whole woke uh, uh, climate uh, extravaganza? Is that what it is? I I think it is. I think the ideological alignment is driving that. And I think part of why they become ideologically aligned is that they are sector specific. Mm -hmm. I think if a bank wasn't ideologically driven, it wouldn't allow itself to become so sector specific. Right, right. Right. That's a great point. And not as a business. Now, hold on. I want to ask Wallace here. On Friday, uh, as we're listening to this now Sunday, on Friday, Yellen made some statements. Talk about that to the point of what she's talking about, Wallace. Yeah, absolutely. She actually answered this question very, very, very directly. She was asked uh, in front of Congress uh, if they're going to bail out all of the banks that that fail, you know, any bank that fails uh, above two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars in the FDIC. Uh, and her answer was no, that they're only going to do it with these specific banks. And uh, what that tells us is that there's something unique about these banks, other than being too large to fail, because as Patricia said, they're not that makes them so vitally important to the government or to the Biden administration or to Janet Yellen or to somebody that they have to be treated as if they're too big to fail. And the reason is these are the the, the kind of companies that these things are, are, are backing are the same kind of the companies, you know, like Salerno. Remember when they went out of business? Yeah. They're taking billions and billions and billions of dollars of government grants, government subsidies, and all of these different government largesse. The government's poured money into the companies that SVB uh, was was backing. And those are the companies that are going to fail. They're, those are the companies who are going to lose their, their they're going to lose money if the bank goes down. So what the government is doing is, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, imagine you're Joe Biden and you pumped mm-hmm. billions and billions of dollars into particular companies with a particular objective. And all of a sudden, all of those companies fail. Yeah. Politically, they're too big to fail because they would take the Biden administration and half the Democrat Party down with them. They'd look like absolute fools because all of their pet companies would be gone. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to put it. And that kind of breaks the spell of what Patricia had put in her piece, her op-ed, and what she um, just said a moment ago, the 250,000, in other words. In other words, it becomes politically expedient, right, Wallace, to do that. And then you are too big to fail, right, (laughs) at that point, whatever the dollars are. It's a necessity. So what they're doing now is they're saying all of you other banks that have not been funding all this garbage, we're going to take your money and use it to prop up these banks. So the contagion is actually forced by government. What they're saying is, okay, Chase Bank isn't failing yet. Let's take their money to save the bank that we like. And then if Chase goes down, well, I don't know what we're going to do for Chase, but yeah. All right. How how many many other banks around do you think? uh, Do do either of you have any idea of the the, the, – the, the the shape that some of these other banks are in, because I'm starting to see the list grow back to what, well, when Patricia was just talking about an isolated incident, I don't know that it's isolated. Do you? No. Wallace, do you? Well, it's of course it's not. There isn't enough money out, out there to save all the banks. Mm-hmm. As a consequence, taking money from banks that are not failing to save banks that are is, is exactly the wrong policy. Uh, if, if this becomes a major, major, major uh, economic, if this becomes a recession or worse, it will be specifically because of the way they dealt with F- SVB and the initial banks that started to go under. Okay. All right. So now we're set up now. Um, w- we see the comments. We see how the White House has handled it, Yellen's comments, what have you. Wallace, over the next two years, we had a pretty dire report up top front of the program here. And I just asked Patricia that question about that Category 5 off the shore. Um, right now, knowing this bubble that you, I think you understand those economics as well. I, I believe that's mm-hmm. how you think. 
your sense of that Category 5 hurricane right now on the hair on the back of your neck, what's, what's the position? That's a really interesting question, because I think if the government just took its hands off and let everything play out, that Category 5 hurricane would never make landfall. But the government is steering the hurricane directly into all of our major cities. And the, 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 the government is it's, it's almost like it's intentional. And, and ditto. That's exactly how I feel. And that's why I was ambivalent in my answer to your question, Malcolm, because this thing would dissipate if it weren't for the government continually intervening in a way that causes it to get worse. And I like the feedback loop that you described, uh, Wallace, in your article, because because that feedback loop is causing it to grow and grow in intensity and size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and that brings it to the point of Patricia, your op-ed. Let me tell listeners now in both of these, you know, the stories we talk about on the radio, any of the programs, by the way, here uh, in the shows, if you just go to the front page of AmericaOutloud.com on the left sidebar. Now, you have to go to uh, this won't do on your mobile phone. You've got to go to a desktop or laptop. OK, but if you go there to AmericaOutloud.com on the left sidebar, uh, it is talk radio talk. So all the things we're talking about on talk radio or there, you'll find both of those op-eds right there, the links, and they'll be in the post, of course, when this goes to podcast Sunday afternoon as well, friends. But uh, Wallace's and Patricia's piece there. And your piece, Patricia, you called it, Are We Headed Towards Central Government Control of America's Banks? And that plays to this narrative of them taking complete control and, and you know, kind of a warning sign you put out there that that is a risk. Mm-hmm. But but. When I ask you about the Category 5 hurricane and you say, well, and Wallace, I loved your explanation a second ago here. Well, if they stopped stirring the hurricane right in there. Now, if we listen to the top of this broadcast, we hear the economists' comments and others that are in the know of what's happening. They believe it is too late. The the steering currents are already in play because, Wallace, of the things you and I've talked about on air and off air prior that this bubble has been building for some years. The $10 trillion they just spent through COVID and through the last couple of months of this stimulation crap of these uh, diversity programs are, are a cancer onto a cancer that was already in play uh, from the previous administrations. So now you've got, now we're coming into the danger zone. And you kind of can't turn that back, they're saying, Wallace. So I don't know. Do you, do you, th- even if the government stopped right now, isn't there so much damage right now that how would they stop that? There may be now the government's taking money from good banks to save bad banks. And what's really happening here is that uh, it's politically untenable to allow all of the Democrat priority businesses to go out of business. So what they're doing is they're risking flushing our entire economy down the toilet to save those companies and those banks. Uh, Can you stop it? Well, you're going to lose a lot of those companies, but you shouldn't lose those companies anyway because they're not doing anything productive. ESG is not a product. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are other companies that maybe aren't bankrupt yet but have been heading down that road, I think those companies, if they're steered correctly, if they're run well, could still turn around and, and, and become and become viable companies again. Right, right. But let them go and let new companies form with that capital. Right. You know, that's, part me, of the yeah. economic, that's part of the economic of economic growth is to have bad companies go right. away. Exactly. And that brings me back to that thought that this ideology and the behavior that it causes is parasitic. And so, you know, it, it can't survive without the host. If the hosts stop hosting it, it'll right. it'll die by its own hand. We are typically in a cyclical manner a recession. We normally are having them about every ten years throughout our lifetime, about every ten years, which is similar to what I said to Harry, like taking a bath. 
You know, you have to clean yourself off every so often, right, guys? You know, and we're mm-hmm. suggesting the the economy has to do it about every ten years. Uh, so right now they've been holding off, holding off because it's politically expedient. We know this. We talk about it all the time. Nobody wants to fail an economy and a recession or a depression. Dent thinks we're set up right now for a depression. That we're we're in a very severe mood right now for a whole host of reasons, and it's got and he gave us suggestions and ideas back on things people can do and so on and so forth that are real uh, world uh, uh, thoughts. Um, what do you speak when I talk about how dire that is? Back to your point, Patricia, when you said, "Well, you know, you're hoping that's an isolated incident, or you're hoping these couple of things are this." But when you consider everything else that's bad, and you see that Category Five hurricane. I think we're in for more than just a light bath here, Patricia. And, I, and I'm and i an optimist, by the way. Let me remind you, okay? I'm not a pessimist by any stretch of imagination. But at some point, we need to get in the shower and wash ourselves and scrub ourselves clean, don't we? I think we do. And and I think that it, we're going to have to throw off the tyranny that is causing this. Because what's happening to us now is not just a normal cyclical recession wherein we kind of reset and and companies that are weaker and and less sound go away that's that's not what we're looking at now on the basis of of all of the interference that has happened all of all of the intervention that is completely ideologically driven so um yeah we absent the bailout of of all these ideological companies, we would be able to just go through a normal recession. But I think those days are gone. That's right. The people yes. in power are yeah. are taken out of power. That's it. Well, that's it. And and you would agree. And uh, Harry and you would think the same thing that, is, you know, a normal recession. Uh, Wallace, this is not going to be a normal recession. He is uh, saying uh, there's nothing normal about where we are right this moment here. And we're going to have to uh, pay the fiddler this time around. You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of in California, they suppressed fires for a really long time. And they wouldn't even let property owners clear the deadwood. Mm-hmm. And then they had explosive fires. It makes me think of that. Sure. That's a good way to put it. It's a very good analogy. Wallace, what do you say uh, to uh, what, what I take, what I talk about there? Well, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think the real fear I have isn't just isn't the American economy, because I still think the American economy is strong enough in most sectors that it could be saved. But you look at Canada, you look at Europe, you look at Australia, you look at New Zealand, and, and uh, most of the Western world is 15 or 20 years further ahead in the ESG bandwagon than we are. You know, the, the accounting standards in Europe, for example, they force companies to report their ESG scores and then penalize companies that don't do well enough. So they're way, 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 way down the road on this. The real question we have to ask ourselves is if this is a global recession or a global depression, which is where it's heading, you know, does Europe even have an economy? Does Canada even have an economy? How many actual value-adding businesses do they still have? This is this is going to be worse than the Great Depression if it goes that way. Well, and, that, and that's uh, that's the warning sign. I have a bad uh, sinking feeling about what we just said uh, and where it's headed, uh, to, to be sure here. Uh, th- there's a lot more to talk about. There's some things I wanted to get to with you guys. We'll have to do this again here. Uh, let me just uh, tell you both, appreciate you both really much, uh, all, all your contributions, everything you do. Wallace Garneau, uh, Patricia Antone, uh, awesome, awesome um, uh, friends here, part of our experts in our family, the American Routemile family here. We'll, we'll keep you informed, and I hope this has helped you out. Make the decisions that work best for you. 
Uh, and that's the best thing I can suggest, friends. Thank you for joining us here uh, on the mission, as always here. It's all back there at americaoutloud.com. Uh, it's where the outlaw truth is alive and well. It's time, friends, to get involved and get loud, America.